Today, I have a very special guest, Genevieve. Hi, Genevieve. Hi, Benny. And Genevieve is my priest at my church. <laughs> and I'm so blessed that you're here. Thank you for sharing this time with me. Um, I was going to do a Christmas show today, and I've been hearing a lot of Christmas music, obviously, all on the radio, everywhere. And it's all about Santa Claus is coming to town and everything else. And I see everybody out in the malls and they're going crazy buying presents and everything else. And I thought, hold on a second. Somebody gave me this card, my neighbor, Queenie. Hi, Queenie. And it says, for unto us a child is born. And it made me think, what is really Christmas all about? So I thought, what a better person to be here than you. Thanks. To um, tell us really what Christmas is about. And I thought, instead of playing... Santa Claus is coming to town. I'll play some gospel music, which is basically uh, praising God and about love and compassion, peace and everything else. So I thought it was fitting. And um, hopefully you guys will stick around with us for the next hour. Enjoy a little bit of music and some talk. And I think you really have a unique perspective on a lot of questions I've had through my life about religion. Um, a while ago, we did a little video, but it didn't quite work out the way I wanted it to. So hopefully this will be a lot better. But thank you. Thank you for joining me. I'm delighted to be here. Um, you actually married me and Faye yes. in, in June. That um, was fun. That was fun. That was fun. And it was just amazing. Uh, couldn't have asked for a better experience. Mm -hmm. And um, so thank you. Thank you for that. And uh, also, I'm on the vestry yeah. at church as well which is kind of a new thing for me <laughs> but it's fun as well learning and, and it's good getting to know other uh, members at the church and doing a bit more for the church but um i'm going to start by asking you a couple questions then we'll go into some music okay okay first of all you're you're a priest yes i am right now when i picture mm. a priest when i was growing up i instantly thought of a man and then you've got um pastors ministers bishops the Pope and so much more. So what are all these positions? And is it like a hierarchy thing? It, it, it really depends on um, who you talk to. Certainly, there are some people who would say it's definitely a hierarchy. But for some of us, and for me in particular, it's just different forms of service, different forms of being with people in the world and being hopefully some sign of God's presence to them because there's a big world out there with a lot of darkness and a lot of needs and we need to be light so it's just different ways of being present right but in your position at the church priest so you're basically mm -hmm. kind of a manager of the church i guess or <laughs> the boss there how, how would you how would you define your role there i would definitely not say i'm the boss lady <laughs> <laughs> okay cut that one out um i would i would say i was talking to somebody today and they were trying to figure out what they do in their church and I you know so we talked a little bit about what I do and we said what I said really was it's it's really being simply someone who can help a, a group of people who have come together to find some sense of God and some awareness of God in their lives because most often because people have met some dark times and some hard times and so they come together looking for something more and the job of the priest is really to sort of create a space where they can meet God. And that's really what it is. And along the way, you do a lot of other stuff. Right. Like, you know, that's sort of the boss lady stuff. But that's really not the essence of what you do. The essence of what I do is to try to open a space so that people who have something in their hearts that they're carrying and that's challenging can find a space to meet a God who can lift them up. Right. Now, what's confusing to me is um, when I drive around, I see all these different types of churches mm -hmm. in the local um, area. There's um, Catholic churches, Christian churches, Protestant churches, Baptist churches. <laughs> um, why is there so many different types of churches? Why is there so many different types of beliefs and ways of doing it? It's confusing for me. I mean, from layman's term, these are all the questions I had growing up. Yeah. Like, this doesn't yeah. really make a lot of sense to me. So Yeah, and people who grow up with it making sense to them usually have just one perspective. But when you start getting to know all the different ones, you realize it's just like different branches of a big family, that's all. There's a huge family of people who choose to follow Jesus is basically what it is. And 
as we follow, we sometimes pick different roads, just like a family. And so we end up with different branches. So we're the Episcopal branch of sort of this tree, which is the Jesus movement. And that's who we are. Right. Okay. Um, I was lucky enough to meet you, actually. It's funny you say that um, people often in hard times and and (laughs) strife, they they turn to church. Uh, Before I met you, I actually turned to uh, faith because I was going, I went through a divorce and I was really in a bad space in my life at the time. And um, I was not expecting actually um, to turn to religion at all, actually. Mm-hmm. But all I knew is I was finding it extremely hard to just cope in life, period. And I met a friend of mine at, um, at the mall who I haven't seen forever. And she asked about me. She said, how are you doing? Well, how, how are the boys? And I said, the boys are the good. And she goes, how are you and, and my ex-wife? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say her name. And uh, I guess she noticed a change in my demeanor. So she was like, do you go to church? I, I'd like to invite you to my church this weekend. Come and meet some people. Because she yeah. just sensed that I yeah. was in a dark place. So I was about to go that morning. We arranged to meet. And then she texted me and said she couldn't come. But I still felt this burning desire, like mm-hmm. I needed to go for some reason. And I was actually suffering with so much anxiety and depression at the time that I could hardly even drive. Yeah. But something, somehow, some way, I got there. The first person I met was her father, oh. which was funny. And um, he invited me into the sanctuary and... and um, it was just very, very welcoming. And it was a black church. It was a lot of noise and <laughs> life, singing, a lot of life. life. And it yeah. was just like, it was it was amazing. But then when the um, pastor came in, uh, he reminded me of Barack Obama, that kind of mm-hmm. presence yeah. about him, just demanding. like regal, yeah. regal man, demanding, but very calm. He announced yeah. he ate everything mm-hmm. just perfectly. And he just talked from the heart. It was like, yeah. why do we come to church? Why do we even come to church? Why are you here? And then he basically proceeded to talk about all these different things that were just basically common sense, like live, try to live right, try to do right by others, uh, be the best you can. There was nothing really biblical or magical about it. It was just like common sense stuff and also just be as honest as you can. And I went through a lot and there was a lot of stuff that I needed to get off my chest. So it was on that day that um, I was saved because um, they basically, he said, look, do you want us to pray for you? Do you want do you want to be welcomed into this house? And I'm like, yes. And I was I remember shaking and everything. Mm-hmm. And ba- basically, him and the first lady, his wife, put their hands on me, and I felt mm-hmm. this warmth. And basically said that um, you're forgiven. Okay. And it was such a release. And he said, and he forgives you. And then what a relief! It was just like I was just my whole body was shaking, and it suddenly just it was this peace, this calm. And I thought, wow. It was like a magical experience, right? So I understand how people can kind of feel that, um, the spirit, so to speak. So that was my kind of journey into it. And then um, that church moved around and stuff. And then I moved to Hawaii and everything else. And then I came back. And then um, I met you through, um, there was a shooting at Parkland School Mm -hmm. here in America. And loads of kids died. It was awful. And then uh, your church was uh, gracefully um, giving up the space for the March for Your Lives. Yeah, March for Our Lives. Yeah. To basically um, create posters and, and go on this yeah. kind of protest kind of walk, I guess. It was it was pretty amazing. It was, And that's the first time I met your kids, too, because they right. came in and made posters. That's right, yeah. That's when we met. And um, one of the things that you said there that day, actually, mm-hmm. is the reason why we're here because I noticed at the church there was blacks there was whites there was old people there was young people there was a lot of gay people mm-hmm. there was people that look like punks and different yeah. color hair and everything right it, yeah and I remember stopping you and I said this seems like a very welcoming church and it seems like you kind of let anybody in the door <laughs> I said <laughs> I haven't ex- I haven't experienced this before and yeah. then you said to me your words were well who am I to limit God's love love that and that's the reason i think that i'm standing here today and you're yeah, here today is because yeah. of that initial response was kind of different than what i heard in the past so can you go into that a little bit more yeah well i i absolutely believe that that is um the the only position that we can take i think that anything that we do that says that god doesn't love anyone for anything that god doesn't accept and forgive us as we are that's 
just so far off the mark. I think it's it's presuming that we know something about God when, in fact, you know, all we know, the only thing I really know about God is that God is love way bigger, way better, way more uh, broad, way more welcoming than anything that I could have ever imagined. Your experience of coming when you were at a moment of need is not it's not unusual yes it's, i can uh, imagine and and it happens i mean even even those of us who were priests have had those moments i was away from the church for uh, a number of years after i had been raised in the church spent a lot of time in the church was away from the church and then it was a crisis with my daughter that there was just a sunday morning i got up and i said i can't do this alone i need to find some support and some help and i showed up at a church and it's not where I am now, but it was a church that was, somebody met me as I got out of my car, said, you look like you haven't been here before, and we are really glad to have you. And I thought, oh, well, I'm not sure if that might be a little too welcoming, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, it, but it really wasn't. It was just right, and it stayed. And, and uh, so we all have those moments. Right. And if we don't believe in a loving God who takes us all just as we are, right? I, I think we're lost then. Right. Then, we're, then we're just going to give in to sadness and depression and darkness and division, and that's not what we're meant to be. Right. What I will say to some of my listeners, if 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 you're um, if you're not part of the church community, that's totally fine, and yeah. I, I would like you to um, just stick with us on this uh, show. Don't turn off because I was also as well very much like that. My my dad uh, raised me with the whole Big Bang theory and and um, evolution and everything else. Is like you know religion is a load of crock. Is you know he said it's um, you know it causes wars and everything else. And I was really dead set against uh, aligning myself with any type of religion. And um, one of my massive questions, I had so many questions, actually, and we're going to get to those questions mm-hmm. in a minute because I don't want to get diluted here. I don't want to um, go, off, go off task. Um, but anyway, that's, that was my background. And then I've come to a place of feeling, like you said, that I do now believe in some a higher power. And I do believe that, um, that you do get strength through that. You do get... Um, support guidance and everything else and when you have a community in church as well yeah. it's very uplifting and it's very it's like a family but but what your dad said wasn't totally wrong people right. do use religion to divide an awful lot and and that's never a good step i don't believe that that's what we need to use it for at all right okay well let me ask you another question here because um as as tomorrow uh, we're actually recording this on christmas eve but i'm going to post it on christmas day and the whole reason of christmas day is to celebrate what ah <laughs> you want me to give away my sermon yeah well. <laughs> <laughs> no so you know the reality is there's a question that i think we all answer when we come to christmas every year and it is uh, do, why do we do this thing of celebrating the birth of somebody who came 2,000 years ago? You know, why do we uh, uh, repeat and sing songs and come together and make it a huge uh, festival when, in fact, somebody lived 2,000 years ago? I, th- I think about this and I think, you know, 100 years from now, nobody's going to celebrate the day I was born, that's for sure. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, so what is it about this? And then when you go back to the story... What we celebrate on Christmas is really hope. What we celebrate on Christmas is that there was a world that was struggling and a world that was had a lot of pain and a lot of darkness. And a child came into this world, and that child brought hope and light and gives us a way of making it through the dark times. Right. And so that's what we're celebrating. Right. And it's not so far-fetched to imagine. If you guys can just, um, I'm not trying to convert anybody here. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to say there are like some amazing examples of people that just really can almost change the world. Um, Martin Luther King, uh, yeah. a, a great example. You know, somebody that can just create a whole movement and change people's lives. So it is a celebration of an individual that, um, that basically changed a whole way of thinking. I'm going to play a song, actually, um, 
I was playing you a little bit earlier on. It's uh, called Jesus, and while we're on the subject, it's by Kem, and it's featuring uh, Paddy LaBelle and Ronald Isley from Isley Brothers. And um, straight after this song, we'll come back with more chat with Jen. Thanks, Jim. said sounds of the chem track is called Jesus very appropriate for this day releasing on Christmas Day 2019 hopefully you guys are having an amazing day wherever you are whatever you're doing we just appreciate you being here myself and Genevieve here I want to give a big shout out actually to Tracy Hockley in the UK it's your birthday today happy birthday Tracy also to Mina in Vancouver happy birthday to you too my sister actually I was talking to my sister the other day and she actually told me something I didn't even know that when you go to the podcast and you see the wave form the music on the screen you can actually hover over it and there's actually an option there to download the actual podcast as well. And I never knew that. So that's a good one to do as well. And then also she supported the show by subscribing and actually being a financial supporter as well, all the way from the UK, which is great because I didn't know I could do it internationally through PayPal as well. So that's good to know as well. So 
Genevieve, tell us a little bit, um, if you can, your journey into priesthood. Why? And <laughs> why? How long? And um, yeah, why? Well, my journey into priesthood, I guess, starts way back. But I sort of take, took a very circuitous path. So I, I, I was raised Catholic, so, and I went into a convent when I was young. Okay. <laughs> so I was in that for 22 years. I did some mission work in Brazil, in Sao Paulo, working in the shanty towns back in the mid-'80s. And I came back, and I did some work in homeless housing. From there, I went to law school. Okay. Uh, I was a math teacher, a lawyer, and now finally I found my way to being a priest. How that came about, it wouldn't have come about if I didn't have that crisis with my daughter. Right. Okay. So you were a lawyer before this. Oh, a lawyer and a teacher. Those and a nonprofit manager. Those three. So those are all. That's a lot of work. <laughs> Which is the most work? I assume being a priest is the most work. Uh, you get. It seems like you get pulled in so many different directions. Yeah, but it, there's something about it that's better than most of the other jobs. Put it that way. Like what? Is it is it, it the rewards that you get from it? Like just helping people? Well, I was actually in a lot of my other work. It was helping people, but this one, it's just it's got a you've got to focus, and with that focus, you can make decisions about what you're doing that are that come from a different place. So it's just it's it, for me, it's more comfortable. Um, well, when I was a lawyer, one thing you worry about as a lawyer is always getting sued. So I don't think anybody's suing me as a priest. So. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, one question I did want to ask you is, um, for some people around this time, it's particularly a tough time, actually. A lot of people talk about the celebration of Christmas, but for a lot of people maybe um, who don't have family or have lost some dear person next to them, maybe a family member, a loved one, um, I know that you deal with this a lot in your yeah, job. Yeah. What advice or what can you say to people who might be listening to this, who might be really missing somebody right now or mm. are dealing with grief? You will come out of this. And that's part of what Christmas promises. That no matter how dark, no matter how lonely, you will come out of it. You do not have to pretend. That's a that's a real thing. I mean, people do try to pretend. Think they can just block it off. But life is not that way. If we don't sort of let ourselves be where we are, we can't come out the other side. We can't come out to hope. We can't come out to something that's more positive, something that is uh, where we can be all that we are meant to be. It is really normal to be grieving even if it's Christmas. Right. Um, it's, it's just it happens to all of us. There are going to be better years and worse years and we just have to be honest about it. I think that's the biggest thing. And then not isolate ourselves because isolating ourselves only only increases all of it. We don't have to be afraid that if we're struggling that we're going to bring other people down. Other people will, they'll hold their own. And we just, we can't close ourselves off. We have to open ourselves to being willing to be hugged and received and welcomed and, and not pretend. So, Right. I think it, it helps just to hear from somebody, you know, that there's hope, you know, when you're going through a hard time. One question I have for you, um, what's, what's your, how do you define um, Christmas? What is, what's the meaning of Christmas for you? For me, Christmas is, I, you know, when, when you're a kid, you think, Christmas is one thing and then you sort of grow up and if you don't really think about Christmas even if you're a Christian you don't really get the the truth of it and the truth of it is that there is a child who was uh, born and that child for those of us who are Christians we believe that that child is God but has given up every power that God has to be just like us to pee and poop and cry and feel sad and lonely <laughs> right. and weep be mortal just what yeah. it is yeah. and and so someone a god gave up everything to be like us to be with us and that's incredibly powerful because it tells us that we're not ever alone right now that's interesting when you said um jesus was god and and we hear this a lot with the 
the Son, uh, sorry, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Right, I heard that a lot before. I'm mm-hmm. like, how does this, how does this break up? I don't really understand it. And then um, my old pastor said to me, "Well, look, think of it as you and your boys. Like you, you're the you're the father, right? And you have your sons, and then the Spirit is um, something that just." flows through you it's your energy and it carries on and it gets passed down through your children as well and that's one thing that my my youngest son max he's 11 years old and recently last couple of years have been every time i put him to bed or wherever or sometimes he'll just say to me dad you know if i talk if i'm sick or whatever he's like, i don't want you to die i'm like i'm not gonna die i said but <laughs> one day i will die he says well i don't want you to die i said well you know what to be honest i don't think i really am gonna die on my physically i won't be here but Everything I've passed through you and your brother and and different people I've met through my life, my 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 core, my spirit is going to carry on. It sure will. So, um, is that kind of similar to the to the Father, the Son, and the Holy yeah, Spirit? Yeah, I think it's a it's as good an analogy as we could find. It really is. It's uh, there's no, I mean, that's just a an expression of the different ways that the earliest followers of Jesus experienced God, but. Your explanation of it is, uh, you know, it's so real. We don't, we just keep living in through others. It's not a, um, there's nothing, nothing off key about what you said at all. Okay. Okay, good. Um, At church the other week, you said something that I think was a great analogy and I'll share it with you again because I don't know if you remember saying this, but. Um, I thought it was just really good. It just just really hit me. You said that. Um, imagine if you're at a party, right? And it's in a, you're in a crowded room, and and just imagine a really really famous person being there. Like for me, it would be like Stevie Wonder or Marvin Gaye <laughs> or somebody like that, somebody that I really admire, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and you said, imagine, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you want to? First of all, just knowing that they're there is exciting, right? Right. And everybody's telling you that they're there, so you believe that they're there. Mm-hmm. But um, wouldn't it be great to get to know them, yeah. have a relationship with that person? And, and obviously, you want to go over there and you want to say hi. You want them <laughs> right. to pay attention to you, right. too. So you say, what about if you replace that person? Uh, imagine replacing that person with, with, with Jesus in your life. It's like, imagine just that yeah. same kind of scenario. Imagine yeah. Jesus was in the room, like, and everybody's telling you he's there. So could you speak on that a little bit? Because that was really interesting, and I think that was a good, great analogy for people to kind of just get a grip of it. I, I really do think that, you know, Jesus, God's spirit, however you, however you define it, is present with us all the time. But if we are not open, if we're not thinking about wanting to know more, wanting to meet that person who is so, so... So such a figure in our mind, we're just missing out. I mean, if, if truly think of you said Stevie Wonder. I mean, yeah. that's a, like a, there's so many who I would want to meet. But if if I really was told and believed that they were in the room, uh, believe me, I'd find my way. I would really find my way. I, yeah, you know, you you crawl on the floor, you make your way around the corner, you get to that person because you really want to know, and you want you want to look at them face to face, and you want them to see you. Right, and that's part of the. Um, I think that's why a lot of people, um, and I've spoke to who go to church and they believe in a religion, whatever religion it is, they want to get answers and they want to build that relationship. I wrote a, um, a question here that I think is quite interesting for you. It says, um, what kind of inner peace comes with faith? Well, you know, inner peace doesn't mean your life's going to be easy. Okay. It means you're going to, you know that no matter how hard it is, you're going to get through it. You're going you're gonna to make it past. And I think faith, um, whatever faith you have, um, really can do that for you believing in something that is bigger than you and that gives you hope and makes you want to know that person who is the object of your faith all of that really does give you some strength that you just don't even know you have I mean you just think about the things you've already been through in your life you've Mm -hmm. gotten through those by some amount of faith and the more you can sort of get to know that person, that who, however you envision that God or that power that is the source of your faith, the stronger and more 
peaceful, you will find your life. It doesn't mean your life's going to be easy. That's the hard part because we tend to think we get peace with an easy life. Right. It doesn't right. happen. Right. And the reality is we all go through things. And I think we go through things and we and we learn. And hopefully we grow through those things. Um, on that note, I think it's a perfect time to play one of my favorite um, gospel songs. It's kind of more of an R&B song, really, but it's called Optimistic. Mm. And it's a good uh, song to play right now. On the optimist note, you know, there's hope out there for anybody and optimism right here. This is the sounds of blackness. The blackness. Keep the keep on. It's the Benny James podcast show. If you're still with us, thank you. Thank you for sticking around. I appreciate it. We've got Genevieve here, priest at my local church. Absolute honor for you to be here. Thank you so much. I'm delighted. I have um, some, some questions here that I've always had all my life. And um, I'm sure loads of people have these kind of questions. And I'd love to hear some of your answers from some of these questions. Um, one of them is what I couldn't get my head around is... We hear all the time that God created everything. God created the heavens, the earth, and every single thing that we know God created. So then I think, okay, well, what about evil? Because there's evil in this world. Um, people go around killing each other and doing just, just despicable things. And God created everything. So if he created everything, like 
if you're making a cake, you have tons of ingredients and you put those ingredients in a bowl and you put it in the oven and it makes a cake. So one of the ingredients surely in this world, the existence that we have is evil and it came from somewhere. And if God made everything, so what's your answer to that? Because I'm sure many people have asked this that question. Is, that is that is the question that gets asked many, many, many times. The way I see it, it's not an ingredient that God put into the world. The ingredient that God put into the world that allows evil to arise is that God didn't force us to love. If God forced human beings to love each other, there would be no evil. But love that isn't freely given is not love. Mm. So God had basically, and as I see it, two choices. One, either make it so that everybody is forced to love both everybody else and all of creation and then live perfect lives. But that wouldn't be loving because when you love, you give freedom. Yeah, it's choice. Yeah. And so when God created, God gave us the capacity to love, but didn't force us to love because a forced love isn't a love at all. Right. So God gave us the capacity to love. And it's like leaving leaving space for somebody else to uh, not do what they need to do that's loving. And that in itself is where I see, by my thinking, that's the only solution, only understanding that I can come to, is that because God loved so much that God gave freedom so that we could love or not love. And it's the not loving that creates the evil, where we don't take care of each other, we don't take care of ourselves, we don't take care of our world. So... So basically, just like a cake, uh, you put the ingredients in and it, it could overflow and spoil the oven. Mm -hmm. uh, we can overflow in our different types of emotion, our free emotions, our free choice of what we want to do. That could overspill and um, end up becoming hate and yeah. bitterness and, and, and evil. Yeah, or it's sort of if you're thinking of a cake, maybe, uh, you know, it's sort of like uh, if you put in baking soda and the baking soda doesn't do what it what it's capable of doing and it doesn't or whatever it is i'm not a good baker so i'm right. sorry <laughs> whatever right. it is that's going to make the cake rise right um if it's not if, if it's not going to do what it needs to do then the end product is going to be a lot less than satisfactory right okay well think think about that one for a second digest <laughs> that one for a second guys one, one other question i want to ask you which is um something that is I just, I just, I can't, I still to this day can't really comprehend. If, if, if God is all powerful, why do we have things like famine? Um, you know, these disgusting things when we see on the, uh, on the border, kids dying or just atrocities. Uh, what do you call it? Hurricanes and all the rest of it, yeah. where, where people just dying in the masses, right? Hunger, um, you know, yeah. homelessness. Yeah. You know, it's like I'm sure many people will say, "Well, if there's a God, why doesn't He just because click the, His fingers and and fix it?" I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm absolutely with you, but I go back to that same answer that I think that the only way to fix it would be to force us to love, and that wouldn't be love. If we're forced to love, we would take care of the world. We would not have created a world in which we have this climate crisis. We would not have created a world in which we have all kinds of um, diseases that are often not able to be solved because we've overused antibiotics and whatever it is that we've done, you know? Right. So we, we end up creating, we end up creating some of these things, and it's not just our generation, it's like all throughout creation, these things have been being created and we just every generation inherits the stuff from the one before too god could step in and and take care of it all but that wouldn't be loving because we would not learn how to love we wouldn't love. Uh, going back to the father and son um with, with me my, that example for me would be like if um i love my kids the bits and they know it i know you do <laughs> right. and they're great and um it would be like me stepping in and saying you can't love 
you can't love this person because that's not the right person for mm-hmm. you or whatever, you know. Sticking my nose in basically and, and trying to prevent something from happening. And that's not giving, that's not love. And Love is letting go and letting, you know, you, you choose. I want you to be happy. This is what I want. Yeah, my, my daughter moved to Australia as a mother. I would have loved to say, no, you can't move to Australia and marry the man that you love. <laughs> right. But that would not have been the loving thing to do. That's not love. It's not love. If right. I restrict her freedom that much that she can't do what she feels within herself, that's not love. Right. Wow. Okay, we're going to play one more song here. Stick with us, guys. Appreciate it. We've got already 40 minutes through the show, so we've got about 20 minutes left. Um Hopefully you're having an amazing Christmas. And um, like I said, if with, if you're with family and friends, that's great. If you're by yourself, then you're with us. And um, <laughs> It's a good place to yeah, be. Yeah, it's a good place to be. And if nothing else, you've got hope and um, dreams and uh, so much more. So please keep it locked with us. I'm going to play some Yolanda Adams now, one of my uh, favorite gospel songs as well. This is called Open My Heart.
Wow, wow, wow. Yolanda Adams, her voice is amazing. Crazy, huh? Um, all right, let's get on to some more questions here for you. Uh, we, when we spoke last time, when we did that video thing, I asked you some kind of controversial stuff here that uh, <laughs> you had some interesting answers to. Now, I said to you, the Bible, it wasn't handwritten by God. It was surely written and printed, written by hand and then printed later on and changed and changed and changed over thousands of years. So men wrote the Bible mm -hmm. and just like <laughs> us as humans, don't we embellish our own stories? And mm -hmm. so when some people, when, I, when I've asked in the past um, about the Bible, people just say, it is what it is. It is what it is. Just accept it. It's like, you know, and I'm like, well, I have questions and this doesn't seem, this seems like a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So give us a little bit of feedback on what, what your take is on the Bible. Yeah, well, I do believe that the Bible is the story of God and a people. And, and it's their story. It is a story of a family of the initially the Hebrew people and then afterward all the followers of Jesus. But just like all families, we all tell the story the way we want. In my family, I grew up one of eight kids. And in my family, there are stories that each of us remembers that nobody else remembers. Mm. So one of my favorite is I remember when my youngest brother was born... Um, my father, in my mind, I can actually see this happening. My father got us all together and he said, I'm going to let you, all the other seven of you, decide is his name going to be Guy Harvey or Harvey Guy? I remember this. I can actually see it happening in my mind. <laughs> right. There is nobody else in the family who thinks this actually happened and my father's gone for a lot of years. So I right. can't actually ask him. That is what happens with the Bible. The Bible is, these are stories that are vehicles for us to understand the interaction of this family that is God's family, which is the human family, really. And so there's going to be stories in there that someone, you know, someone actually, that is the way they told that story. It also got written down much later than anything happened. So I was thinking right. about the Christmas story. So when you think of the Christmas story, there were no reporters. There was no Instagram. There was no internet. There was no Snapchat. There was nothing. So no one was taking pictures of that night. So when you hear the Christmas story, it is the story the way it has been told by people over time. And yes. that doesn't mean that there's no meaning to it. And it doesn't mean it's that it, it basically means that I wouldn't bet my last dollar on any of the details right. but i would bet my last dollar on the fact that the, a child was born Got and, it. and that child had this major impact uh, on the world and became a light that shines in the darkness so that is but the details yeah uh, you know <laughs> no wow that's interesting because a lot of people like i said i've met they're like no this is finite this is this is exactly what no, happened no, you know no, no, no. and um you know, like when, when I went through this uh, divorce with my, with my kids and when the separation, sorry, with my ex-wife and the separation of my kids were hearing one side of the story from me yeah. and another side of the story from their mom. And I've always said to my, my boys, look, the reality is my word is not gospel. My experience was my experience. Right. And, and what I experienced and, and how... And it's real to me. It was real yeah, to me. And, sure. what, and what my emotions felt at that time right. painted a picture for me right. at that time. And your mom's probably feeling something completely different. I said, mm -hmm. the reality is, truth's probably somewhere in the middle there right. somewhere. You know, but like you say, you can't, you can't deny the fact that we were divorced. We did separate. Right. You can't deny right. that. Right. But we do definitely, we definitely have different stories. Right. So, like you said, I think that, that would apply to the, to the Bible here. It definitely would. Right, we're not trying to upset anybody here. If you're listening <laughs> in and you're like screaming at the top of your voice, we don't want that, right? <laughs> we, we just want to open minds and just try to um, just be loving, like I said, and try to just give some new concepts and new ideas. And hopefully you guys uh, roll with us on this. And, you know, the people that are listening to my show, I mostly play soul music. And soul music is literally about love. That's most of it is 90% of it is love stories. Yeah, so, music. right. So I think anybody that's a fan of my show, uh, will appreciate what we're talking about here today. All right, let's move on to the next one. Um, in the digital age, being as you were talking about Twitter mm -hmm. and Instagram and Facebook and all the rest of it, and it moves so quickly, it changes yeah. all the time. How relevant is church these days? And, and I see less and less people going to church. Um, I don't see so much 
um, good word or good examples on the internet. I see a lot of violence. I see a lot yeah. of bullying, cyberbullying, all the rest of it. Um, a lot of profanity, um, explicit stuff, and mm -hmm. um, how does church combat this? Or where is where is church's place in this day and age, a digital age? I think that um, I don't think that the the church. Um, the church can't be understood as a building, for starters. Okay. So that you and me being here together, talking to some in the world who might be listening to us, that's a piece of church. A church is just people coming together who share something that gives helps them give meaning to their life and where they share a faith in particular. So... I think that there are many, many, many ways of actually being church today, and we have to explore all of them. So I'm, I'm delighted that you, um, as we're going through this thing today, I'm thinking we need to figure out how to use this more because the reality is people have the same needs today as they always had. People feel lonely. People feel uh, the pain and the struggle and the division that we go through and all of those things are things that that there's a there's a root and a and a source of strength that comes from faith and from church mm. and 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 so we have to find ways to reach out and lift people up and when we do that's being church that's being church i like that i've never heard of that saying that's being church yeah it's a way of life yeah it is it's a decision that you make mm -hmm. um Going on that, um, which, which you talk about, like like today and the division and the dark places and all the rest of it, it kind of brought up a question for me of of before Jesus was even born. That you know Jesus was sent here for a reason because there was a lot of dark and bad stuff mm -hmm. going on, um, evil and all the rest of it. And then he came and enlightened people, so to speak, gave a message, and a lot of people followed him. But today, here we are, two thousand twenty. It's going to be uh, sorry, two thousand twenty <laughs> in a few days. Yeah. And um, we still are facing a lot of these things that we faced before. So I guess a lot of people's question is, well, what did he really do? What did he, do you know what I mean? Like, what, right. you know, if nothing really, really changed, what was what was the point in all of this? And <laughs> and I think uh, before you reply to that, I would probably say it just comes back to hope, you know, just basically hope that there can be a difference. I think the, uh, and this actually really ties into your question on being church too. I think that I've, you know, a lot of people would say the problems are worse and darker today than they were before he was born because we have the internet and so many other things that while they're good things, they can all be used for bad. And, and it just makes the bad seem to multiply faster or we're more aware of the bad. But I think that what Jesus did was invite us to take up the work of lifting up other people. And I, you know, I don't think it's really different from before, but he did it in a way that we are today still being asked to continue the work that he did. So I don't see it as Jesus came and went. I see it as Jesus came and went and left us all sort of like this, your spirit living on through your sons. Right. It's sort of that same continuation. But if we're, if we block that off, right then we're giving in to the, the darkness in the world instead of lifting up and being right. the light. I mean, I try and let, it's like, it's like going back to that example and I think it's great because I can understand it because yeah. I'm a father and, okay. I, and I really love being a dad. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that example, like you say, I try to do give the best example I can with kids and I want my kids to be as, as good as they can be and make mm -hmm. the right choices, be morally sound and everything else. But when I'm gone and I'm dead and gone, I, I can't, force them to make the right choices and they're going to have to live and learn as they go along right but i'm still there in their mind to be like a a guide so to speak yeah. of like remember these words that dad right. said you know and, and, the, and mom said or whatever the, mm -hmm. the goodness from both of us and the good that you instilled in them and that they continue to do even after you're gone continues to be your influence in the world even though you're not physically here love it love it all right thank you very much we, we still got a little bit of time i'm going to play one more song and then we're going to come back a few more questions and um we're going to close up the show in about uh, 10 minutes here okay here's some al green for you reverend al green this is called jesus is waiting i love this song enjoy
if you're broken down. voice of Al Green. We're actually at an hour already and I should be stopping the show and uh, you guys are going to curse me out because I'm going to go over the hour and hopefully you've got a little bit more time for us. Um, I won't keep you that much longer. I know you've got a busy day today because it's Christmas Eve and you have service tonight, you have service tomorrow Mm -hmm. and there's loads of different people. I see your phone just blowing up and people (laughs) just wanting to uh, reach out to you and and uh, get some of your support today. So thank you again for being here. Appreciate it. Um, one of the questions that I had is, um, do you believe that our life is, there's already a destiny, like there's no way we can change. Like if, if I'm going to get hit by a car tomorrow, I'm going to get hit by a car tomorrow. Do you? What's your take on that? No, not there. Not there at all. You're not there at all. <laughs> not, not there at all. Okay. I, I, I can't go there. It's just... I, you know, I, th- I still think that there's plenty of options for us to enter, you know, to change course. I actually I have a, one of my uncles is in the hospital and he's been, uh, he's like, we think he has like nine lives. And, <laughs> and his daughters, because they thought he was going to die like nine times already. And I'm not joking. And every time, so I saw him last Thursday and I thought this is probably the last time I'm seeing him. He's out of ICU again, yeah. and his daughter attributes it to this is a man who every time he hits an obstacle, he sets a different goal, and he finds a way around, and he just keeps going. 
Um, that's, that's amazing. Ama- it is amazing. I think I think a lot of our lives, and I've been um, watching some things recently and trying to change the way I think. Because mm-hmm. uh, my dad, my mom's an optimist, and my dad's a pessimist, and I tend to go on the pessimist side of things. But um, I'm really trying to change that about myself, and I really believe that now, um, more than ever, that it's a state of mind that keeps yeah. you healthy, it keeps you um, in a good place. It does absolutely. Um, uh, talking about that, about people almost dying and people um, dying, and I don't want to get into the depressive part, but this is actually quite uplifting. Actually, you helped me out with this because I was always really scared of death. Uh-huh. And you said to me last time we sp- spoke on the video thing, you said that, um, that you've had to deal with seeing a lot mm-hmm. of people die. And it was really interesting, your feedback actually, about how 99% of the people that you see go, it's very peaceful and they're yeah. ready yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because that really made me feel, wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? no, I really do believe. And I, I've seen a lot of, I've seen a pretty good number of people at their last moments. And almost all the time, people have made peace with their life. And at that point, it's a peaceful transition. Lots of times they just feel themselves moving and they would say they're moving towards some something familiar Right. Not something strange. Right. And I think a lot of that has to do with people knowing that they are re-encountering people who they've known and loved, too. So I think that's right. what makes it familiar. It's like coming home, yeah. you know? So uh, I can imagine it now as going to like a meditative state, yeah. kind of like, <laughs> and, and just feeling just, just yeah. that like release, yeah. you know? So, um... All right, I'm going to play one more song before we go. And um, but but one more song, one more question I have for you before we go is um, Christmas to me is a spirit. Like I said, we started mm-hmm. off the show with this, and this is a Christmas show about really about family, about friends, about mm-hmm. love and sharing love. And to me, that's the spirit of Christmas. Really, yeah. is, is about love. Um, one of the things that I've really struggled with is forgiveness, right? <laughs> forgiveness and being able to let go mm-hmm. and to move on because if you carry that, it, it, it's not good for you. So in this time of Christmas, how can we let go of anybody that we're really angry with or frustrated with a situation? And what's, what's some words of advice before we, <laughs> before we close out this interview? Well, if I knew that, I think they'd pay me big bucks. <laughs> <laughs> and literally, that is... There are so many people who carry, uh, I think the magic of it is own it. Sometimes say, this is a really, was a really painful thing for me and you hurt me or whatever it was that happened hurt me. And I need to look at it and just decide. I think it's a decision. Are you going to carry it again or not? And for as long as you carry it, it's going to be a burden. It's going to dig into your back. Right. But if you decide to let it go, it's really a decision. It just is. You take it out. You look at it. It's like a rock in the sack on your back. You take it out. You look at it. You say, I don't need to carry this thing any longer. It's not actually helping me stand up straight and move forward. It's actually inhibiting my ability to move and grow. And right. then you can just let it go. Love it. Love it. All right, guys, you heard it. So let it go. It's Christmas. <laughs> yes. Enjoy. And uh, I really, really wish everybody an amazing time uh, this Christmas. And in 2020, I really hope that every single person listening right now has the most incredible 2020 next year, the whole year. Let's us all really, really enjoy it. If we put our minds to it, you never know. I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be my best year yet. So. I think it will be. There you go. All right, I'm going to play one more. Um, thanks, guys, for tuning in. Thanks for pressing play. Uh, please subscribe. Please share this with your friends. Remind them, you know, this is what Christmas is about. And uh, share it with your friends. Post it on your pages or whatever. We really, really appreciate it. And uh, I will be back next week with a, with another special guest, actually, to talk about the new year and the new you. So keep it locked here, right? And um, this last track for you is by Marvin Sapp. And the track is called the best in me. He saw the best in me When everyone else around Could only see the worst in me I wish I had a witness tonight Said he saw the best in me I guess I'm the only one got this testimony when everyone else around me can only see the worst in me. 
Can I tell y'all one more time, one more time? I said, he saw the best in me. When everyone else around could only see the worst in me. I wish I had a witness tonight. All I need is one. Hey, he saw the best in me. When everyone else around me, yeah. Testimony when folk walked you off, said you would never make it. What did he see? He saw the best in me when everyone else around me is. Oh, everyone else could only see the worst in me. Can I tell y'all one more thing? I just need to tell you one more thing. Listen to this. See, he's mine. And I am his. It doesn't matter what I did. He only sees me for who I am. Does anybody know that tonight? Oh, see, he is mine. And I am his. Said it doesn't matter what I did. See, he only sees me for who I am. Yeah.